0: Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? How tough am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. (laughs) Yes, so? Without any milk. Uh, Right this way. Sorry to keep you waiting. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is No Weenies Allowed. It is the first half of the 48th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered on March 15th, 2002. It was written by Paul Tibbett, Kent Osborne, and Meriwether Williams. Our storyboard artists for this episode are Carson Kugler, Caleb Muner, and William Reese. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbett and Kent Osborne. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom, and our creative director is Derek Drymon. Uh by far one of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Bar none. Easy top ten contender for me. Um in the in the grandest scheme of things. I it may be my favorite of season three. It's it's gonna be up there. It's gonna be in the top three, just a pre warning for you. Um but this is just it's it's stuck with me for so long, all of the one-liners of this episode, and I think for a lot of people who who grew up with SpongeBob, who is a part of that that current meme culture, the ones who who know those SpongeBob like one-liners, uh, like a snappier your fingers, a lot of them can come from this episode. The uh, everything involving the salty Spittoon is absolutely iconic. Uh, all the way, really front and center, uh, is is our guest star of this episode, Thomas F. Wilson as Reg. Uh, also playing a, an extra customer uh, here or there of this episode, uh, but Thomas F. Wilson, uh, best known as Biff uh, Tannen from the Back to the Future series, all all three movies, different iterations of Biff were all played by him. But but Thomas has had a tremendous career. Uh, in his own right, outside of the back to the future movies. Um, i I implore you to go down his uh, rabbit hole of of IMDB and find some stuff that he's done. I personally, I'm gonna tell you to go look at Zack Stone is gonna be famous. i I love his banter with Bo Burnham. It's it's some of my like favorite bits that he's come out with. A lot of his his voiceover work, especially the stuff he's done on SpongeBob SquarePants, has been some of the most iconic characters that we've had. I mean, we just had Flats the Flounder, and here we have Reg, a new character for us in the SpongeBob SquarePants world. One who, who may be one of the fairest characters that SpongeBob has ever encountered in his Undersea Adventures. Uh, before we get into the episode, this past Tuesday... Funko did their release of NFTs uh, with the Nickelodeon branding in mind. Now, Funko does NFTs a bit different. I know a lot of people run through the to the hills um, when they hear that word. And I did talk about this in great detail on the last This Week in Nickelodeon History. Uh, I believe that is episode 45. I'm also going to release that audio separately on its own. But um, I'm, I'm just, for as a quick synopsis, I am very much in the middle of of the of the arguments i completely understand the uh the positive and negative aspects uh of nfts and i think funko by offering a physical redemption option um a part of the release is at at least brings that idea of what nfts are up to something of like an arcade level for me i mean i i spend so much of my money in arcades or at least i have when when they were open and i could you know go uh, but when I go to an arcade, I, I, you know, I spend a good 50 bucks to myself, but stretch out over time. And, and yeah, you're just kind of, a lot of it is just money you're throwing away, but you're having fun and, uh, collecting is fun and I love Funko. So, um, you know, I, I went in on it, I went in on it and I have not opened up my packs. I'm going to be recording that, uh, for YouTube just, just to see, Hey, if I can get one of the physical ones, but to me, at least Giving that possibility gamble of a physical pop, you know, it it just brings the idea of throwing money towards these uh, up a level for me instead of just, you know, you know, hey, you're just owning nothing if, if you have the ability to own something, but you can still trade the NFTs with other people. In that space group, I, I joined a Discord that was extremely helpful on the launch day, and all the people there were extremely positive. There was a lot of Nickelodeon fans. I bring all this up because although it was a Nickelodeon-themed drop, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants was not a part of this NFT drop. It was uh, pretty much Hey Arnold, the Wild Thornberries, Danny Phantom, uh, Rocco's Modern Life, A ah Real Monsters, and Invader Zim. Seem to be the 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 core group of this drop, but it was labeled as series one. So for that it tells me that there's just going to be more series of Nickelodeon down the road. It inevitably Spongebob SquarePants is going to be involved in some official way of an NFT. And other than a physical pop being, you know, or even down the road, even if another company gets in in bed with NFTs and SpongeBob Squarepants. I just hope that nobody is just making that pure kind of profit off of SpongeBob. I would like to think that somebody out there I- involved with Nickelodeon um can make sure that anything involved with SpongeBob Squarepants uh can can have some some sort of uh charitable donation of the proceeds going to you know a charity of their choosing closely associated to steven hillenberg i think that would be an extremely fair method of going about this beyond just like hey you know you could possibly win something physical I, i like that idea i think in in the nft world i think that is a step in the right direction at least for companies getting involved is is hey if you pull these certain things you get these certain Prizes. I, I've heard that brought up of of people who bring up like art. Like if you have this certain you know NFT, you could have dinner with somebody every single year. I've heard that brought up of a certain like uh, okay, fine. That that sounds cool and whatnot. But I, I don't know. I, I I'm just bringing it up because I I sat there at the end of Tuesday and realized Sponge. You know, knowing SpongeBob wasn't involved, knowing the possibility that it's it's just it's gonna happen, and how does that make me feel? And although. I don't like seeing Nickelodeon used in this way at all. I, Yeah, like it's it is what it is. Yeah, I kind of the anger has subsided and I've had to I'm in the acceptance period of this, as you can tell. But uh, yeah, so in the future, we'll, we'll see how things go with this. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 moving on to uh, tougher subjects including the, the toughest restaurant in Bikini Bottom, the Salty Spittoon, in which you are judged on your toughness. Now, not only inside of the restaurant, seemingly, but, but to even get in, you, you have to be a certain level of tough, or or prove that you are a certain level of tough. Uh, but this episode starts off, innocently enough, at the Gulagoon which SpongeBob and Sandy are headed off to. Now, interesting little like tidbit about this, but this is the first time that we've actually gone to Goo Lagoon without seeing Larry the Lobster. I, I found that interesting that every every appearance of Goo Lagoon up to this point has had Larry the Lobster. This one this one is is without. Although they really don't spend that much time at the lagoon. They're there pretty much as a as a setup bit to inevitably get our characters over to the Salty Spittoon. Uh, Now, first off, Spongebob heads over into a changing tent over at the Goo Lagoon to change into his swim gear, quote-unquote, but instead decides to put on his karate gear in an attempt to surprise Sandy with an impromptu karate fight. But I'm sitting here thinking... Well, what what were you expecting to happen with Sandy not bringing her karate gear to the beach? You were just going to wail on her for, for what, the next 5, 10, 15 minutes while you were there? Or, luckily, though, Sandy is always prepared and also brought her karate gear. So when there was a sneak attack from SpongeBob, immediately after he put his gear on in the tent, she ambushed him with a well-rounded kick uh, through the mouth. Uh, through the throat, through to the back, SpongeBob kind of he has this moment of realization of, oh yeah, yeah, she brought her gear too. This is great. And he's just kind of staring off into the into just space at that moment. It, it's it, uh, one of my favorite moments in this episode. Actually, is is that moment where he's got Sandy's foot stuck in his mouth and he's he's realizing uh, that his his whole planned ambush is just completely done and, and sunken. They they immediately start you know trading some karate moves back and forth. During this exchange comes a extremely iconic SpongeBob moment in which SpongeBob lands uh, feet only into somebody's potato salad, uh, a potato salad that apparently took three days to make. And I I just want to say I think it's great that uh, there are two Nicktoons out there that have really iconic jokes involving potato salad. Uh, there's both Rocket Power, who, uh, you know, Sam's, one of his most iconic moments is is his disdain over somebody accidentally getting some sand in their potato salad and, and constantly talking about it throughout the rest of the episode. And then we have here this this poor family trying to enjoy their picnic with a, a three-day potato salad and here comes SpongeBob's uh, dirty feet. I'm I'm guessing dirty. I mean, I imagine he keeps them clean, but still, he's in socks and and shoes, walking around, playing karate. He's, he's bound to be sweaty in there. But either way, you got somebody's feet in your potato salad. Uh, but yeah, truly, truly an iconic moment. I highly recommend looking up Binging with Babish on YouTube. He has made several SpongeBob episodes, one of which involved him making a three-day potato salad. Uh, So definitely go check that out. He has also tackled a few other uh, Spongebob-related foods, including the Krabby Patty. He's also made a few of Bubble Bass's Ridiculous Orders. Uh, Highly, highly recommend his work. Uh, Definitely check that out. Eventually, their fight leads them to the line of the Salty Spittoon, a eatery in Bikini Bottom that is very exclusive, uh, only to the toughest of tough, are allowed in to the salty spittoon now realistically the salty spittoon is is a bar is definitely going to be a, a dirty dingy bar that has a clientele that is loyal to that bar who will probably who have probably been attending Saturday nights, Friday nights every you know week year after year some for decades probably some who have been going since the place first opened uh, but from the sound of it it seems like, there are a lot of angry confrontations going on in the salty spittoon, and I am not sure how any of these gentlemen are enjoying their drinks, or if it's if it's that worth it. But uh, they they want to be around tough people, and I I honestly think it's just probably kind of like Fight Club, a, a place where people are are just looking to to kind of roughen up a bit and looking for a fight, looking for a challenge. Um, there's guys, you know, it's, it's kind of being Irish. You, you hear the idea of like bar fights and whatnot, but there's always this idea that in, in Ireland, if you get in a bar fight with somebody and it, it's a good enough bar fight, you, you'll you end up being friends with the the person. Like you'll just befriend them. Uh, and it, that kind of trope has been used a few times in, in some media, uh, and, and I imagine that that's that's a part of the insides of the salty spittoon. We'd never see the inside of this place. So it's all in your head of what is going on in the inside. You know, what are the characters doing in there other than some of them clearly fighting? The second we get to the salty spittoon, I advise you all to pause right when the, the character getting flung out of the, the spittoon is seen because it's so quick I don't know if you notice but it's actually an extremely buff starfish it's a really funny design and you see it for a split second but it yeah it's like a really buff Patrick looking character like his his cone head is actually not as pronounced but you can tell it's absolutely a starfish that's just getting knocked out of the Salty patoon now uh the man in front of Spongebob is although an extremely um, intimidating man to be speaking with. He he's pretty informational about the kind of clientele that the Salty Spittoon is looking to uh to let into their establishment. Now this this man has no problems showing off just how tough he is. Uh, the guy is able to produce muscles on his eyeballs. So right then and there, hey, you can go right in. But not only that, he doesn't pull out that trick for Reg because. Reg, we meet right here in this situation, is the the doorman, the security of the Salty Spittoon. He is the man in charge. You are not getting into this place without Reg's approval. And what we end up finding out is you would think that Reg would be an extremely negative, almost antagonistic type creature towards SpongeBob, but he is, in fact, one of the fairest like, mature characters that Spongebob has ever run into. But when you get up to Reg, he's going to ask you a question. Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? Right then and there, you have an opportunity. You have your elevator pitch time to tell Reg how tough you are. And I guess you just have to be kind of convincing in it because you can seemingly say whatever you want. It's not like the guy asks you to prove it. The fish that was in front of Spongebob... Uh, instead of being able to just flex his eyeballs again, because I think that'd be a pretty good bar trick to to show off that you could do to get in. But he tells Reg that he enjoyed a bowl of nails this morning for breakfast. Now, it's really funny is Reg's response to this is like, oh, yeah, like acting as if that's an easy task to do, that there's plenty of people who wake up every morning and enjoy a bowl of nails for breakfast with milk. It, see, the milk is the key because uh, his response to Reg is that he he did it without any milk, and Reg immediately st- like breaks and lets this guy go into the salty spittoon. Like, whoa, all right, you can go in. How Milk is apparently the magical item that'll let you enjoy a bowl of nails for breakfast. Uh, just remember that. Right after that fish is let into the bar, next up is Sandy, and I really like that instead of just assuming that Sandy and SpongeBob are not tough enough to get into the Salty Spittoon by the way they look compared to all of the other fish that are being let into this place, he asks them fairly, Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? Now, Sandy, instead of using her words to explain how tough she is, fully physically explains how tough she is. I- I'm guessing she did this as as a statement, as a point, you know, to just, hey, you can never question this again, like, ever. It's not like she has to say something that impresses Reg, and then he can question her later on, like, this is something that will cement her salty spittoon, uh, uh, like, membership for life, if they have that. I imagine, like, the fact that they have a doorman and and they're selective about letting people in. I mean, of course, any bar can turn somebody away. Obviously, they have to card people and whatnot, but... There, there also could be some sort of like a, a membership, a part of being a patron of the Salty Spittoon once you get in. Uh, but Sandy decides, uh, Reg has a massive tattoo on his chest, a very classic cartoon tattoo of a big old heart that says mom in the middle of it. Um, the cartoon, like, uh, it, it's just when you think of biker tattoos, it's one of those classic ideas that they have is the heart that says mom. Sandy rips off... Reg's tattoo and replaces it back upside down. So now that he has a upside down heart on his chest that says, wow. And Reg responds accordingly and allows Sandy to go right into the salty spittoon. She's looking for a good time. She's excited about going in. But next up is SpongeBob. Uh, He asks SpongeBob fairly, hey, welcome to the salty spittoon. How tough are you? SpongeBob immediately asks for a bottle of ketchup. And I love the idea that uh reg he he has a bottle of ketchup on him which is funny but I love his his demeanor is kind of he's interested to see what SpongeBob does with this bottle of ketchup he's not like uh scoffing at the idea at all he actually is is like I in I wonder what this guy is gonna do watch his expression when he hands over the bottle it, it's clearly now I don't know if Just straight up opening the bottle of ketchup is a sign of toughness. SpongeBob, of course, is unable to open up the bottle of ketchup, which was his plan all along as his sign of toughness. Uh, Maybe that could be the joke that some of these bottles can be hard to open and that opening one up is a sign of toughness. Uh, but I don't know what other ideas maybe Reg could have been thinking of. He was just open. Maybe in the history of, of his career at the Salty Spittoon, no one ever asked him for a bottle of ketchup in, in proving their toughness. So I, I can understand the, the interest there. But, of course, SpongeBob is unable to, to open the bottle of ketchup and is unfortunately let down from going into the Salty Spittoon. Reg, you know, although he is stern with SpongeBob, he is fair with SpongeBob. He is stern but fair, which I think is tremendous. He is very honest with SpongeBob, and, and knowing that he would not be able to handle himself going into the Salty Spittoon. Now, honestly, if they wanted to, if they're going to be using the rules of uh, the bully— a SpongeBob could absolutely last in the Salty Spittoon. He's made of sponge, you see. So if anybody goes up and punches him, they're going to, you know, be punching a soft pillow uh, like uh, Flats the Flounder did in the in that episode. They're, so SpongeBob could enjoy himself in the Salty Spittoon. But like I said, sometimes they uh, use his sponginess to his advantage. And then sometimes it's just kind of ignored for the story's sake. I, and I, I'm fine with it either way. It's not like I have a preference here. But I, for all things considered, I really like the, um, the back and forth that SpongeBob and Reg have in this episode. SpongeBob is very persistent on getting into the Salty Spittoon. Sandy has been in there and seemingly enjoying herself. She hasn't come out looking for him. So he, he's trying to get back, you know, continually get back in throughout the rest of this episode. Uh, another, you know, iconic moment we have here, especially for memes, is the scene in which SpongeBob explains as another reason for his toughness is that he stubbed his toe the other day and only cried for 20 minutes. Now, as anybody knows, stubbing your toe can be even the most, like, Simple stub can be the most extremely painful experience, and I'm sure there are those out there who have cried for twenty plus minutes over, uh, stubbing their toe, and that's completely all right. Um, but I love that that's his next pull. It's it's opening up bottles of ketchup and then crying for only twenty minutes after stubbing his toe. But, of course, he is not allowed into the Salty Spittoon. Reg instead recommends another restaurant across the street, Weenie Hut Jr.'s, a classic Spongebob restaurant, uh, one that precurses the Krusty Krab in building a second restaurant right next door because uh, Reg wasn't actually looking to send Spongebob to Weenie Hut Jr.'s. He was looking to send him to their sister restaurant right next door, Super Weenie Hut Juniors. So Mr. Krabs not the first one in Bikini Bottom to be so greedy that you you must build a secondary restaurant next door. Or not not even greedy. I mean, hey, if you have that much clientele, building a second restaurant is smart, you know, building one on the other side of town, building one in in different parts of Bikini Bottom would be smart. Building one immediately next door is is comical. But Weenie Hut Jr.'s did it here, and uh, Reg sends SpongeBob over to Super Weenie Hut Jr.'s. Now we get to meet the other location that we primarily stay in with this episode, the inside of Weenie Hut Jr.'s. SpongeBob, although he claims to not be a weenie, uh, keeps coming back and back to this, this chain of restaurants, and uh even according to the bartender at this place because we, we don't even get to see the full restaurant it's it we just primarily get to see that it's a weenie bar they also serve ice cream as well which uh i don't know hot dogs and ice cream are a, a weird mix with one another i don't know i can it just it i can't get my mind off of the possibility of some some dirt dog water getting in with your your ice cream I mean, you'd be able to taste it either way. I don't know. It's just, I wouldn't go to Super Weenie Hut Jr.'s. I wouldn't go to Weenie Hut Jr.'s. I, I, I would not attend one of these places. Um, would I want to go to the Salty Spittoon? Maybe. If I had people who wanted to attend with me, if we I was going in a group. Sure. I, I think I'd be able to get in. I think, I'm, I think I'm tough enough to get into the Salty Spittoon. Captain Eric could get right into that restaurant. Back at Weenie Hut Jr.'s, we are introduced to three new characters for this episode. A, uh, a bartender of this weenie bar, a, a robotic bartender, and uh, two nerds who are sitting at the bar, uh, each of which are voiced by writers of this episode, Paul Tibbet and Kent Osborne, uh, also the storyboard directors of this episode. Uh, I absolutely love their banter. Their conversations they're having with one another are hilarious. I think the voices come across really genuine here. Not that they sound nerdy but just they sound like you know two guys who are just enjoying each other's conversation not bothering anyone else Uh, they clearly are friendly with one another have being colleagues working on the same show so I think that's what comes through in their performance here is just they they sound like they genuinely enjoy talking with one another but they you know they are very friendly with SpongeBob but they also kind of want him to accept that he, he could be a bit of a weenie And the butler throughout this, the butler, I keep thinking like robotic butlers. Uh, The bartender with a massive handlebar mustache, absolutely love it. Like a really big, like one of those twirl mustaches. Ones that like an evil, like snively whiplash would wear. Um, But yeah, this bartender is is very, uh, being a robot, is like very honest with SpongeBob and calling him a weenie. And being kind of condescending to him. And I I think that's why he's a robot. Because if you have an actual character here telling SpongeBob, like, you are a weenie, I think then it becomes a bit meaner. Or then, you know, makes a character look a bit more negative in that light. But the fact that it's a robot, it could just kind of get away with being a jerk. And you just accept it. Like, well, it's a robot. It's just bad programming. That's it. All right, that robot's a jerk. But... Uh, SpongeBob throughout these orteals, yeah, he keeps coming back to this restaurant and and claiming that he's he's not uh, a weenie. Uh, these nerds, their uh, uh, advice to SpongeBob is to get into the salty Spittoon. He should first begin with getting a a cool hairdo. That a hairdo is key into getting into that place, and that you know he has seen people go in with a good hairdo, and that going in bald would be a mistake. Now the other nerd explains that he has seen somebody get into the Salty Spittoon who is bald, and they have an argument over it being a shaved head and that whether or not a shaved head isn't considered a hairdo or not. And all I gotta say is, if you're gonna tell me that bald isn't tough, then I'm going to immediately send you into the direction of the Texas rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who has has been bald for decades and is one of the toughest SOBs on this planet, bar none that's the bottom line and uh bald there's nothing wrong with being bald in fact i like i find that in most cases if you are uh, your your hair is thinning it's kind of better to just accept it because in in most cases a bald head looks completely fine i think there's that there's that fear of having it but there's countless videos on the internet of of guys just coming to terms with with how bad their hair could look at a certain point, where you're just trying to hide it and and do other things to to ignore the fact that it's thinning, and and they accept it, and then they shave their head, and then they go, oh, you know what, looks pretty good, looks nice. I think King Neptune should should take that advice as well, uh, but although it's it's hidden behind that crown, uh, he could he could last a few more years. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a, a decent hairdo is what's going to get you to the Salty Spittoon. They, they recommend going down to the wig shop and getting a good wig. This next scene is is one of the best in this episode in which we get SpongeBob walking up to the Salty Spittoon with a, a wig on, a, a slick, like, 70s black hair piece with with giant sideburns, and it's slicked up, and SpongeBob is acting completely nonchalant uh, to even knowing who Reg is, and, and he's out of town, He's he just walked into town, and he heard that this was a, a good establishment for a tough guy. Now, Reg just sees SpongeBob in a wig, because this guy is dressed up exactly like SpongeBob. Uh, Reg goes to pull the wig off, and upon realizing that the wig is not getting pulled off, uh, at the same time, SpongeBob walks up in a rainbow clown wig, into which Reg realizes that the the person whose hair he grabbed is a different character than SpongeBob SquarePants, although they look exactly the same beyond the, the hair pieces. Um, This is a big deal because this is the first time we've seen a, another sponge underwater that has a square shape. All the other sponges we've seen thus far has been Uh, circular, more Sea Sponge-esque, and there's this other character that not only looks exactly like Spongebob, sounds like Spongebob, dresses like Spongebob, but just happens to have a nice, luscious head of hair, or at least has that wig tied down really good. But Reg lets that guy in after messing up his hair, realizes he's made a mistake. I love that Spongebob, (laughs) like, that to me is one of the funny bits right here, That like the fact that he walks up with a clown wig it's definitely the the question was asked, if, if you walked into a wig store, what would be the worst wig to walk out with in this situation? And of course, SpongeBob thinks a rainbow clown wig is what's going to get him into the Salty Spittoon. It's endearing to the character, but Reg isn't having any of it. He's not letting him into the restaurant. Right after he is denied, another fish walks up for entry, a fish that Reg recognizes Uh, A big hulking fish with these massive arms sporting a new tattoo that Reg points out. A tattoo that the man can actually uh, uh, make the tattoo dance as he flexes his arm back and forth. Of course, this man's arm is the inspiration for the Season 3 YouTube screen uh, as these episodes play. Um, Now, this is very late in the episode, but I imagine if you're on YouTube and you're listening this far in... If you if you like the art I, I definitely would like to know um, uh, or if you have any other ideas as as far as what you would like on the screen uh, in YouTube that would that would be something you can bring up because I as far as the, like the audio other than eventually bringing this into video form which, I maybe down the road. This week in Nickelodeon history has a better chance of coming out with a video version first before the Squarecast does. There's just a lot more editing that goes into this, and a, a little bit more meticulous than um, I, I would want as a video. But who knows? We'll 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 consider that down the road. But anyway, yeah, we have this this tattoo guy here. He's able to make his tattoo dance. Reg points out another tattoo on his other arm that this man seemingly forgot he got which is a tattoo of my favorite cartoon character, SpongeBob SquarePants. What a guy. Although it's it's SpongeBob pretending to be a tattoo in this guy's arm, and uh, when the guy has to flex, you know, Reg you know, responds like, what does it do when, when you flex on that arm? And he flexes a bit, SpongeBob has to improvise a little bit of a dance, and, and Reg immediately knows what's going on, rips SpongeBob off of the guy's arm, which really confuses the guy because I, he must have really thought there was a tattoo there for a second. Uh, but yeah, Spongebob gets ripped off of the arm and is once again told he is not let into the the salty spittoon. And now yet again, we we are introduced to a few other characters trying to get into this restaurant, two of which who who start a fight in line. Um, and there's a, a bit here that I actually used um, as a as an adolescent teen, but and part of this argument when the guy responds with, uh, You know, are you calling me a liar? And the response to that from the other fish is, I I ain't calling you for dinner. And uh, yeah, I actually used that a few times. If anybody had ever said that for a few years, if anyone ever said, are you calling me a liar? My immediate response for the joke would be, I ain't calling you for dinner. Uh, I can only remember one person where that ever worked on, where they got the joke and they were like, oh, that's funny. Diffuse the situation immediately. Everyone else no, did not get that joke. And at this point in history, I can't even recommend that as a as a good response because this is as as iconic as this episode is, people in that moment may not remember it and the explanation is not worth it. So I can't recommend using that in an actual argument here. But these two get in a fight in which SpongeBob gets dragged alongside of um, Reg diffuses the fight immediately by stopping it and letting the guys both go in, that they prove their toughness, and and both men seem, like, tickled by this. They're, like, willing to just drop everything. Hey, they're allowed to go into the bar, everything's good. SpongeBob claims that he was also a part of that fight, although he was just kind of dragged into it, clearly beat up, was trying to run away from it, was was not fighting or physically involved in that fight at all. Reg knows this and, and still declines SpongeBob entry. Into this establishment, but now SpongeBob has a goal in mind, and his goal is getting into a fight with somebody in front of Reg, because I guess if you get on a fight, you're tough enough to get into the salty spittoon. Uh, he goes to snap his uh, his knuckles, crack his knuckles, not snap i mean, he does snap his fingers. <laughs> that's that's the confusion there. He goes to crack his knuckles, and in turn, snaps all of his fingers off which prompts him to cry away a, uh, a, you know, reasonable response to that kind of injury. Uh, but we find him back at the uh, Weenie Hut Jr.'s with his hands inside of a bowl of ice cream. And we get this bit in which SpongeBob claims that his, his friends do not dine at this establishment of Weenie Hut Jr.'s. And we get the reveal that, in fact, Patrick is not only at the restaurant right there next to SpongeBob, but is in fact a consistent patron of Weenie Hut Jr.'s. Uh, he knows all of their big like s- promotion days, Mega Weenie Mondays, which has been moved to Wednesdays. I think I have a list of the promotions here. These are all absolutely. So we got Mega Weenie Monday, Monster Weenie Monday, Double Weenie Friday, which was formerly Double Weenie Wednesday, and uh, Super Weenie Sunday. They have all these like promotional days for their hot dogs. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, I I love that now. Patrick gets involved with this situation. He is the perfect character to bring into this episode at this moment because Patrick is a tough character. He could easily get into the salty spittoon if he wanted to, but he wants to help his friend here. And uh, there's a an idea that is brought up that they should fake a fight in front of the Salty Spittoon because if Reg sees them fighting, it'll gain SpongeBob entry into this into this bar. They agree that this is a great idea, uh, but in I don't know if, if SpongeBob really clued in Patrick as to what this would entail because as they're in front of Reg, in front of the Salty Spatoons, trying to start a fight... Um, uh, SpongeBob starts hurling insults at Patrick to get this fight started. And I, I don't think Patrick was really expecting that. But the one word that really triggers Patrick is when SpongeBob calls Patrick Tubby. Patrick does not like being called Tubby and immediately becomes incredibly sad about this. We get a wide range of emotions from Patrick here that go for, from extremely sad to then extremely angry about somebody calling him Tubby, like nuclear-level angry that he is about to beat up Spongebob for real over this. Um, and and Spongebob reminds him that they were supposed to fake fight to get Spongebob into the bar. Kind of calms Patrick down, back to Earth, enough so that we get a, another massive emotion for Patrick in, in his heart. His his love of SpongeBob, his friendship with this guy, is enough that he's willing to kick his own butt in front of Reg, to have SpongeBob not do an ounce of the work. You don't have to lift a finger, buddy. I'll do all this myself. He then proceeds to beat himself up, uh, with nobody else around. Like Patrick, completely convincingly is getting beat up by somebody invisible. And the animators do an absolutely fantastic job in this sequence. Every bit that Patrick does to himself is hilarious. Every punch, every whack of an object seemingly picking him up, slamming him on the ground. Of course, the wedgie and Patrick's butt is an iconic moment in this episode. Of course, then Patrick giving himself the big boot, sending him across the sky, far away, Reg, at this point, is blown away. He has never been this impressed, I imagine, of any patron in front of the Salty Spittoon, proving their toughness. You beat up that guy without even touching him. He immediately lets SpongeBob into the Salty Spittoon. SpongeBob, of course, has to pronounce his his extreme happiness at, at him finally achieving this moment. And the second SpongeBob enters the door, we are cutting to an ambulance shot. An ambulance with its lights, its sirens on, its lights going, driving down the street. SpongeBob in the back of this ambulance with Sandy next to him asking what had happened. He got knocked out after he ran inside of the salty spittoon and slipped on an ice cube. He didn't get into a fight. He didn't get into a tussle. No issues. Ran in, immediately slipped on an ice cube, passed out. Ambulance took him away. He couldn't even last in the bar. Uh, They immediately drive to the hospital and and to just pour salt on this guy's wound. Once the doctor hears that SpongeBob is here because he slipped on an ice cube, he recommends the hospital right next door, uh, Weenie Hut General. And we get the final bit of this episode, which is that there is an entire weenie hut medical facility and the the weenie hut branding can be applied to pretty much anything at that point. I mean, if you're selling something beyond hot, if you're going from hot dogs and ice cream to then a hospital, I got to imagine everything in between there is on the table for uh, for branding. But that that is no weenies allowed. An absolutely hilarious episode from beginning to end. I love the story arc we have here. I love that in the end Spongebob gets his way, but then it gets ripped away from him in the most hilarious fashion possible. It's not like I love seeing Spongebob uh, like kind of fall down and have the world fall down on top of him, but you know, sometimes these characters who do have an extreme level of luck, especially when Squidward is involved sometimes they have to get their their episodes. they got to take their lashings too. And that is this week's Squarecast. I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Uh, thank you so much. If there is any way that you can help see this ship grow by any means, Please do so if you can like the video share the video subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel Uh, If you're listening to this on Spotify sharing the Spotify link of our show to possible other fans is a big help on getting the word out so that we can build a massive crew here Um, And by the way, there'll never be any sort of monetary entry. I just like having a lot of you here I want to talk more about Spongebob with you guys and more Nickelodeon more Nicktoons wrestling if if there's any fans out there of that movies and television shows i want to talk about anything with you guys uh just never forget you're not alone out there in the world so please stay safe everyone and have a wonderful week we'll see you here next time oh yeah no please wait (laughs) Let's (gasps) go. (gasps) Let's (gasps) go! <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> <gasps>